India's roads certainly have a bad reputation and it's definitely something that my experience has generally borne out that they are very busy, that they are very chaotic and I've always had to be on the ball when cycling. But what I've learned this past week is that it's not just when I'm cycling, I've really got to be on the ball. Now, for the last three weeks, Dev and I have successfully navigated the Indian roads and cycled all the way from Chandigarh to Varanasi. And that's been over a thousand kilometers together. And it's like just an amazing achievement particularly for Dev, who hadn't cycled for 18 months before, isn't a cyclist, isn't that fit. And he took on a challenge to go well outside of his comfort zone and show that you can you can cycle a thousand Ks with no practice in jeans. And so it was a big celebration when we arrived in Varanasi a couple of nights ago. And the streets were busy, there were street vendors everywhere, we managed to thread our way through the traffic and we got to the hotel and huge, huge hugs, big high fives and grins all around. And that evening we went to the Charcoal Junction, which was a, a restaurant that still had a very good vegetarian menu and to have a, have a celebratory meal. Uh, we ordered the food and uh, before as we were waiting for it, Mike, who is out here to do some filming, he had joined us and Mike and I decided to go and find some milk for cereal the next morning. So we went for a little explore and we were going through these dark streets. There are street lights, but they're quite small. And so there are lots of patches of darkness. So the streets are lit up by these speeding lights that shoot up and down. And those, of course, are the motorbikes. So we go to one little stool, which is lit up by a single light bulb. And we ask for where we can buy some milk. And we're pointed down the road and there's nowhere there. But we do find a place that's selling beer. It's this... It's the busiest place <laughs> on the whole street. Men just sort of swarming in and out and crowding around this sort of metal mesh, which protects and separates the men from the beer. And there's this little postage card, um, uh, the postcard-sized hole in the mesh where you push your money through and then you get a bottle of beer in return. And Mike and I decide that we'll get some beer. And then we're sort of pointed down the road for, for milk. And we eventually find a milk place. The only trouble is it's hot and sweet milk. <laughs> and we decide that this isn't quite what we want for our cereal the next morning. So we abandon the search for milk and we decide instead that beer will have to do. And we walk back towards the restaurant. And on our right-hand side, there are... You know, chai, chai wallas, making this sort of sweet tea that goes in clay cups. There are people making tiki, which is a fried potato. And we got this sort of you know, wonderful, crispy, wafting smell coming up from these big open pans. We see people eating chaat, which is in these um, deep, uh, crispy fried balls, hollow balls, which you put sort of different sauces in and you eat in, in one go. And... We were walking down this road. We've got these stools on our right-hand side. 
and there's this tip tuk tuk that's sort of coming down on our left side and that we're in this narrow gap between and then this headlight appears in that gap about five meters ahead speeding towards me next second a motorbike smashes into me i'm not back and i go oh and there's blood just streaming from my nose. I got clamp my nose. And when I go look up, the motorcyclist is on the floor. The motorbike is, is crashed. And the guy kind of gets up and he's holding his head and he's got blood coming from his forehead. I'd always known that my I've got quite a sharp nose, but I didn't realize it was also a steel sharp nose. And um, I could inflict more damage on someone's forehead than... Than they, than they could on my nose. And I'm not at this point in pain. I'm like sort of hyper alert and yet like tunnel visioned. And I don't really know how badly I've been hurt. And I'm thinking, do I have concussion? And I asked Mike just to sort of get me away as soon as possible. And we go back to the restaurant where Dev is. And we say, well, actually, the meal is off. Uh, I need to go back to the hotel room. And so I go back to the hotel where mum, who's also come out to India, we have a really nice British party going on right now. She tends to my nose and being a doctor, she does a, a very wonderful job when we lay the stereo strips on and we eventually stop the bleeding. And the next morning I get up and I look at myself in the mirror and there's big plaster that goes across my nose. There are like white strips that kind of go the length of my nose. And I've got these two purple pockets beneath my eyes. And so when I walk around on the street, I imagine that everyone thinks I've been... Well, I like to think everyone thinks that I'm, I'm a bit of a hard nut, a bit of a hard case. And I've been in a few fights and uh, they shouldn't mess with me. I certainly hope that's what the motorcyclists feel. Because I guess what I've uh, discovered uh, the hard way this past week is that it's not just when I'm on the bike I've got to be alert. Uh, just just walking around, just existing on the streets of India is is a dangerous occupation and you've always got to be on your guard. So I hope I'm going to take this forward and protect my nose for future things but perhaps um you know I, I i was never a particularly big fan of my nose but this is one time it has proved its worth it can withstand a motorbike and come off the better Why the